Midwest Coast. I'm inside that miraculous establishment, the Midwest Healing Center, Leg of the Ozarks Podcast, Studio B. This is the new old school podcast. I'm your host, Don Allen. Tell somebody about the podcast. It's all free. You know, you can download any of these free apps to any mobile device, Podbean, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iTunes Store, and Spotify. They're all free. Why, it's freer than a gun-smuggling mass murderer called the Merchant of Death. That's right. Let's free a man who sold arms and weapons all across the world to people who hate America so we can free an American who hates America. Yeah, that sounds about right. Get the apps. Yes, I get it. No American should ever stay locked up somewhere in another country. No, Brittany Griner is an American. God bless her darling heart. Now maybe she can see that, hey, we aren't so bad after all, are we? Beats being in a Russian prison, doesn't it? How's everybody doing today? Oh, thank you for taking just a little bit of time to listen today. We are in a really good series called Passing the Test. I mean, I, I think it's a really good series. I know I've been learning along the way through this one because, well, like most of you, we don't like tests. I was never very good at taking tests growing up, and so that always left a bad taste in my mouth. And then as we grow older, we find ourselves walking with God, and along the way, we begin to hear about tests again. We don't like tests because, unfortunately, we've been misguided on what tests from God actually are. Well, we've heard that if you're sick or diseased, that's, that's a testing from God. Well, bad things come, and that's a test from God, and you just have to endure it, brother. I I know you lost your home and your family, and you have no money. God's just testing you. Well, when it comes to sickness and disease, that's just unbiblical and ignorant to say those things are a test from God. No scriptural backing for that in any way, shape, or form at all. But what about hard times? Now, let me say, we all know we're going to experience trials and tribulation, right? But what I begin to notice is most of the time as we've been looking into Joseph's story— Well, a lot of it is most likely our fault. We do some things or maybe don't do some other things. And, well, it can land us in some pretty tight places. So we suddenly find trials and trouble and some issues. And that's what we've been doing this series for, the passing the tests, because all of us will go through testing. But it doesn't have to be a bad thing. Testing is building our character. And what we discovered is it's character that's the foundation in which your destiny is going to be built upon. If your character is weak, Your destiny will never be stable enough to manifest fully in the things that God desires for you. I know I've seen it many times with ministers and believers I know who had mighty callings of God upon their lives, dreams and visions of great things and mighty destinies, and, well, their character was terrible. And I watched them struggle over and over again, no doubt called by God to do great things, but their character could not support them. And they got stuck along the way in the middle of one of these tests because here's the thing. God's not going to allow you to be promoted until you're ready. He just won't do that. He loves us too much to let us get that far only to fail. So he's loving enough to not scrap the whole thing, but you will get stuck in a test. And we've got to start learning how to pass these tests because uh, God is a good God. And he will allow you to try again and again until you get it passed. 
So as I've been mentioned, as I mentioned here, we have been looking into Joseph's life as a great example. And we saw it started with passing that pride test. He had dreams from God and he had a destiny, but pride got in the way. And so he landed in the pit test. And thank God he did because the pit actually saved his life from his brothers that were going to murder him. But it was also a great learning time for him to see how to try to avoid some other pits, how to learn how to get out quicker from the next one. That took him to the palace test where we said, you know, this one sounds great, but really it's a dangerous place because this sure beats the pit. And now I'm seeing God's favor. I've learned some things from the pit. I'm doing good. I'm seeing how I might be able to make it to this destiny. But sure enough, as we get into this stage, the devil's going to take you through that purity test. How will you respond to being noticed? How will you handle the attention? Suddenly we see that even though he did all the right things as he saw it, didn't give in to the advances, but nonetheless, he ended up in the prison test. And this can seem so unfair. And it's here that you could lose hope because, hey, I thought what I did was right. And now I'm in the prison for just doing the right thing. How does that work? Well, it's here that we learn how to handle adversity. How will I steward my responses? Will I keep hope alive? Will I allow this, will I, is, am I going to allow this to crush me? Or will I endure and still believe God? Will I still pray? Will I still minister wherever I am? And this builds some hardness like a soldier. This stage builds major character, allows us to see that, uh, you know what? No matter what comes along, I'm going to continue to follow my God. No matter what, I'm never going to give up, never, ever, because I can assure you, my friends, that there will be many times that you'll want to. You'll always be able to look back upon the worst time in that prison test and say, if I made it through that, I'll make it through anything else. God's favor was and always was upon me. No matter in the palace or the prison, my God is good. And it's here that you really own your calling. I'm keeping it, devil. You ain't taking it. So today, from pride to the pit, to the palace, to purity, to the prison, and now to the prophetic test. Now, you got to know this series must be from God because all these start with the same letter, right? That's how you really know I'm hearing from God. Well, I say this because a particular group that I used to hang with, you, it, it was from God if it rhymed. It had to rhyme, right? That's when you knew you had a, a real word from God. It had to rhyme. So all these, you know, they start with a P. That has to be from God. Okay, today the prophetic test. How do we pass this one to get to our destiny or our destination? So there's some prophetic words that God speaks that are unconditional. In other words, that it's words that don't depend on man to come to pass. You know, like Jesus is coming back. That's what it is. He is coming back. Ready or not, he's coming back. And that's a prophetic word that's not conditioned to your response. Not, a, not all will be ready, but he is eventually coming back. And I think sooner than later, friends. But there are many prophetic words that are conditioned on your response. Many scriptures, like in Second Chronicles 2 or 3, you'll see if, then right? If then, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and seek his face, then I will hear from heaven. So Joseph, God gives him a dream of his destiny. He's 17 years old. He he stepped into that destiny at 30 and he really began to fulfill the destiny in his 30s, his 40s, his 50s. And so today this prophetic test, God spoke a prophetic word over Joseph's life and then he was tested before that word came to pass. And that's what we're doing here. And I can tell you that God has spoken a prophetic word over your life too. I can promise you that. He has a destiny in mind for you. So if God says, here is that destiny, that destination, or that desire, this is God's desire for you. So he will, he will set that path for you. But if you turn from that path, 
if you turn some other way, if you go a different way than what God had for you, you will arrive at a different destination. You'll always make it somewhere, but it may not be where you or God wanted. Satan has a destination for you too. So God speaks and he creates by speaking. We know that from the book of beginnings. So prophecy is spoken so that it shall be fulfilled and God has spoken his word over you. Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith, an author, a writer. So he has a story that is all yours, words that are chosen for you to be able to see that and, and, and have that faith finished and see it come to pass. Don't allow other things to finish your faith. Follow his word. Psalm 105, 17 through 18, he sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in iron. So we understand this was a real prison, right? It was a real prison that he was in. You know, it wasn't just something that we're saying like a spiritual type of thing. And it, but I, I like what this says. This is a real prison. So Psalm 105, verse 19, until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. Now, you remember that the New Testament was written in Greek. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew. So when we go to the original language, we may only have one English word, again, where there may be three or four Hebrew words for something. So when I see this verse, verse, I want you to notice these words. Until the time his, his word, speaking of Joseph, until the time his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. And so in Hebrew, the word, word, W-O-R-D, So the first one, until the time his word, that word for word is a very common Hebrew word. It's in the Old Testament 1,400, over 1,400 times. I think 1,439 times. And it's a very common word, debar. Debar meant spoken word, something spoken. Until that time, what was spoken over Joseph came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. That word is only used a few times, and that's the word imrah. Imra. This means the literal word of God. We would use it to refer to scriptures, the word of God, God's word. It can even be translated Torah. So here's what this is saying. Until the time his prophetic word came to pass, the literal word of God tested him. Isn't that awesome? So here's some other places we see literal word of God. Psalm 12 and verse 6, the words of the Lord are pure words like silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times literal word of God. Psalm 1830, as for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. Psalm 119, your word have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. So until his prophetic word came to pass, the word was testing him. This book, your Bible is testing us. It's testing your character until the prophetic word comes to pass in your life. So we need to discuss how a prophetic word has a little difference in it than the literal word of God found in scripture, both spoken by God. So that scripture, Psalm 105, 19 in the New Living says, until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. So that's really the whole thing we've been looking at in this series of podcasts. God testing our, our faith with prophetic words, but our character with the word. Let me say it again. God testing our faith with prophetic words, but he's testing our character with the word. What God speaks prophetically will test our faith, but character, that's with the literal word of God. So what's the difference then? When you receive a prophetic word, what are we to do with that? Well, number one, number one, you are to submit your word to his word. Here's the difference in a prophetic word in the literal word of God. And it's a big difference if you ask me, it's the human element. 
So many come to me, hey, Donnie, hey, pastor, listen, you don't understand. I have a word from God. Well, I have a word too, my Bible. And when your words don't line up with his words, I don't care how long you've been calling yourself a prophet of God, because when your word doesn't line up with the word, you have to adjust your words, not his. And I see a little bit of a bending of God's word in people to fit some prophecy. We have the human element to deal with in those words. We don't adjust God's word, it adjusts you. We see through a glass dimly, right? 1 Corinthians 13, 9, for we know in part, and we prophesy in part. So there's no way somebody can act like they know all in full and knows everything. Since we don't know in full, and we only know in part, then of course we prophesy in part. Prophetic words are like puzzle pieces. Now we can get a word that's a piece of the puzzle, but you probably won't get the whole picture. We get, a, we get another word and another word, and eventually we can begin to see what that, pin, that picture is going to be. So here's something that I've seen often, and let's say a minister comes and prophesies, and they say, ah, it's going to be a year of darkness. Then we have another, another minister comes right after that and says, the Lord says it's going to be a year of light, right? So what do we do? We usually sit there and we think, well, which one do I want to believe? Those seem to totally contradict one another, so... Let's see which one. Mm, well, I like the light one better. Or, well, let's see. I know this minister better than that one, so I think maybe I'll just go with this one and not listen to that one. Listen to me. This can happen. They each have a part because we know the Bible discusses this very thing in Scripture when it says it'll be a year of light for those who follow the Lord and it'll be a year of darkness for those who don't. And it can be something just like that where they're both right. How would you know? You've got to take those words back to the scripture. Now, I'm not saying that people don't totally miss it. Of course, some do. But again, it's because we have a human element. Or I think a lot of it's just immaturity, maybe not being malicious in any, any way, but possible uh, immaturity in some areas. You know, we have to understand that every prophetic word of God, every spoken word we receive is to be submitted to the God of the word. Don't allow anybody to tell you that you should just believe because so-and-so is so amazing. All of it better be subject to the word of God and the God of the word, the Bible. The Bible defines what God is actually saying, and you have to know that. God speaks to us, but there are ifs and there are thens, if and then. Now, I know some people who will never fulfill their destiny because they refuse to follow the word of God. No, they've got prophecies stacked up for days, but they refuse to place them against the word of God. I know some people, good people, who will never fulfill their destiny because they refuse to submit to any authority great called people of God. I know some who won't fulfill their destiny because they refuse to get into those Bibles for themselves. They want you to give them a word, and they're holding that above the authority of God's word. I know some people who will never fulfill their destiny because they want to argue the word instead of believe the word. So what am I saying? Get into the Bible. Anything that comes into your life, balance it out with the word of God. We just had this issue a while back. Some of you listening, you were there. There's a church here, had a woman in who's a prophet, and so one night she steps up, night one, I, I was going to preach, but I can't, I got to prophesy. Spends the whole night prophesying to everybody, the whole room. Well, some of it disturbed some people. They were very stressed out about the words that they were receiving, but we're told she's a prophet. Handful of ministers who went to support had a little bit of a check in their spirit, man. Nothing obvious though, just a check about it. Night two, same thing. I was going to preach, but I got to prophesy, no scripture, same thing prophesied to every person in the room. Some there were very disturbed, but, but we're told, don't, don't worry about it. It's just you. You need to receive what she said, uh, you know, even though there was no Bible behind it. Night three, same thing. Some ministers came to me saying, something's just 
not right, but we don't know what, nothing obvious. But it wasn't setting right with many people who were receiving words, and they were very disturbed in their spirit about it. No scripture again. Just believe because this is prophet so-and-so. So I, I go later to Facebook to spy on who this prophet is, just wanting to see more because I don't know them from anybody. Nice person, no doubt. Born again, no doubt. Spirit-filled, I don't, have, I don't have any doubts about that. But I don't know them, just the two meetings that I went to. But it was causing a great stir among the people. They're getting upset on both sides. One was something's off, not setting right in my spirit. The word I received isn't setting right. Minister saying something is off. The other side mad because you should just respect the prophet and receive it and you don't have faith. Okay. So I go to this prophet's Facebook page and I find just three years of posts. And I think this person had mentioned that they'd been operating in this for about three years. So I go and I find three years of posts there and no lie. Not one single scripture ever on any post. They posted where the meetings are going to be. They posted uh, posters of where their meetings are going to be. They posted prophecies they had, but zero scripture, none ever in three years of posts on this page. Big red flag, big red flag, big. You telling me somebody has prophesied so big and so new that the word of God can't back it up? No, thanks. Again, not a person I believe that is malicious but immature in the office. Now, there were some prophecies that were given where I would call general prophetic words, you know, like, oh, the Lord's going to bless you this year. Well, yes, that is in the Bible that I'll be blessed. God's going to provide for you. Yes, I understand he will provide all my needs, but that's not what I'm talking about. It was hours of prophecy to a room full of different people. I can't say if they're supposed to be in that office or not. I don't have any idea, but I saw an immaturity in that where I don't need a Bible. I don't, I don't need to go to the Bible. I got the word. I have it. Well, that's a problem. So now we have a schism in the body. And we haven't heard from that church since. And that's too bad because God did and does have plans for us. So really, if you want my opinion, we need to be more concerned in fulfilling what the Bible says right here in black and white and red letters and pursuing, and per, pursuing to do that daily more than chasing some prophecy trying to get that to come to pass. Obey your Bible. So number one, I submit my word or any word to this word. Number two, I test my word. You test a prophetic word. First Thessalonians 5, 18 through 21, in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. Test them. First Corinthians 14, verse 29, let two or three prophets speak and let others judge judge a prophecy. Nobody's doing that. Nobody's doing that because we have been led to believe that you shouldn't. We've been told that we are to swallow whatever comes out for respect for the office. Well, what about respect for the word of God? We are to judge every prophecy. I cannot tell you how many ministers I saw get up during the pandemic and begin to prophesy things that never came to pass. Do we not hold their feet to the fire for that? Well, no, we don't because they are big wigs. They are big time. They are big, big ministers. And who in the world are you to dare to judge? My Bible said, judge it. My Bible said, take it back to the word. And those prophecies didn't come to pass and we let those people off the hook. That's why prophecy keeps getting tainted. I'm not saying it's publicly to embarrass anybody. We have to start holding some feet to the fire. When it doesn't come to pass, what do we have to do? We've got to admit that, hey, maybe I missed it 
but I'm learning on how to take it to the word of God to do better next time. I'm not saying these people aren't prophets. I'm saying they missed it and we never hold their feet to the fire. And that's why prophecy is starting to get very tainted and very gross. Very gross. To swallow whatever comes out for the respect of the office. No, I respect the word of God too much. We are to judge every prophecy. If that group that I mentioned would have stopped and put those prophecies on a shelf, listen to me, and said, I'm going to take those home. I'm going I'm to take them home. And I'm going to judge them through the word of God. It would have saved a lot of confusion and anger. Well, Donnie, it's from God. Well, yeah, but it came through you. That's the issue. Prophecy is like shooting water through a window screen. If there's dirt in the screen, it's going to come out on the other side too. The water may be pure coming through the hose, but if the screen is dirty, the water will be dirty. Now, I'm not referring to the person I mentioned, but it's a generally true statement. We all have dirty filters, if you will. We have to judge it because none of us is perfect. We aren't infallible. I heard prophecy come through that. I know, uh, I know for a fact was ran through the screen of news outlets in fear. God is infallible, but we have to test it. Is this all God or is there some stuff that's not? We can have a prophecy that can say some good things in it and some bad. Or as we would say this, eat the hay, spit out the sticks, right? Or somebody was going to give a word from God, but they gave a paragraph. <laughs> well, it may, it may not be that we toss the whole thing out, but it may be that we don't swallow the whole thing either. So we have to test it. How? Go, go through the word of God. Go to the Bible. Check this out. This is Deuteronomy 13, 1 through 3. If there arises among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and he gives you a sign and a wonder, and the sign and the wonder comes to pass of which he spoke to you, saying, let us go after other gods, which you have not known. Let us serve them. You shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul. It says, if somebody gives you a word and says, listen, you'll know this is a word of God because here's a sign. And if that sign comes to pass, but the word didn't line up with the word of God, he says, do not do it. I'm testing you. My goodness, have I seen this so many times. Well, see, see, Donnie, what they said came to pass. Well, yeah, Captain Obvious. I've seen this so many times. If the sun comes up tomorrow, glory to God, you'll know it's the word of God. <laughs> if water's wet, You'll know for sure this is the word of the Lord. God's going to bless you by this time next year. And you're going to know that that's the word of the Lord. Changes are coming. And you're going to know that it's the word of the Lord. Come on, people. My goodness, test it. It's going to rain tomorrow. See, see, yeah, I could watch the weather report too. Well, pastor, I have this word from God and I know it's a word. Well, how do you know? Well, because they told me things that only God could have known. Really? Oh, they, they told me things that took place to me as a teen, and only God could have known that. Really? So you don't think the devil might have been there too, maybe? What I'm saying is, is that's not always wrong, but it's not always right either. Familiar spirits, spirits know things about you because guess what? They were there when you did it. In the wilderness temptation of Jesus, did the devil quote scripture to Jesus? Sure he did. Taken way out of context, but it was scripture-ish, wasn't it? Enough that if Jesus hadn't taken that back to the word... You could be fooled. No devil. It is written. He took that against the word that he knew was written three times. He was testing those words. God's word is tested against God's word. That's how we know it's a true word from God. Test the word. Guys, listen, if you call yourself a Christian sooner or later, you're going to have to read your Bible. So I submit my word to his word. I test every word. And number three, I hold on to my word. 
Hold on to it, guys. 1 Timothy 1 and verse 18. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage a good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, with some having rejected concerning the faith, have suffered shipwreck, of whom Hymenaeus and, and Alexander, whom I, I delivered to Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. This is Paul speaking, and he's saying there were two young men. First of all, Timmy, you're one of my spiritual sons. And I want you to hold fast to those prophecies that were spoken over you. And I want you to take those and I want you to wage a good warfare according to them. But you have to receive prophecy with faith and a good conscience. So we know that we, have, we receive faith by what? Hearing of the word of God, Romans 10, 17. That's simple. But you have a good conscience by doing the word of God. You cannot walk in and receive the prophecy spoken over your life if you will not do the word of God. You have faith by hearing the word, but if you aren't doing the word, you don't have a good conscience. You have to hear it and do it to have faith and a good conscience. So, Timmy, I want you to do this, but you remember those other two guys? Those young men rejected the prophecies given to them. They didn't do it, and because of that, they suffered shipwreck. They went the wrong way. I know somebody just like this. She was called of God to pray. She was a great prayer warrior, and she was prophesied over, and she was doing it, and it was great, and she was right there, and she went the wrong way chasing after some prophecies and she suffered a shipwreck in her life way off course she rejected the word and she ran with prophecy and all of her prophecies became bitter now and angry against the church and leaders he says i'm, I'm going to deliver them to satan that they may learn not to blaspheme Whew, that's serious rejecting the spoken word of god over your life is blasphemy it's making the spirit of god out to seem like he's a liar so hold on to it. God spoke to me for decades that I would be a pastor. And in the beginning, I'm telling you, I wouldn't have sold cookies at a church function back then. But over and over, I was told this as I grew older. I'd place it on a shelf because others were there to say, no way, you're not a pastor. Don't even entertain that. You're this and you're that and you're the other, but you're not a pastor. You don't want anything to do with that. But people kept prophesying it. So I began to pay attention to it, placing it against the word of God by faith, saying, God, if this is what you want me to do, I'll do it. I'll stand in faith to say, if that's what you want me to do, I'll do it. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll, I'll minister to people however you want me to, and I'll walk in your word by faith and, and a good conscience so I can do it. And until it came to pass, the word of God was testing me for years and years. Prophesied that I would reach millions of people. Now that's a big one. Now how? I live in a town of 900 people. Where and how? I held on to that by what? Doing all I could do here in this town for these 900 people, like it was my whole world. And the word of God was testing me all the way by faith. And I, and I, I had to do with what I had, where I was like, uh, it was coming to pass even if one person at a time. And so today we just recorded my 456th TV show that airs worldwide to millions of people. God spoke over us in the womb. All of us were born on purpose with a purpose. And you've got to hold on to that until it comes to pass. Because this world will do everything it can to be sure that you're going to head into a shipwreck. Some will come. People will talk. Issues will arise. We have to hold fast. Hold fast as the word of God tests you. I'm telling you, it shall come to pass. No way I could reach millions of people. No way in the natural I could see that in any way. And even when TV came into our radar, we don't have the staff, we don't have the money, we don't have the facility, we don't have any of the things that the TV station said that we had to have to do it. Everybody on, on TV has large churches that support them. 
and they film their services and they've got a full staff that takes that and edits it down to a certain time frame so that it fits and they already have huge ministries backing them financially and and $25,000 plus cameras on the low end and tens of thousands in lighting and they begin to maybe get support through TV because they were already famous in some way with thousands at their churches and we didn't even have a church. We didn't have a building. How's it going to come to pass? By faith, you hold on. And so guess what? We're doing it all wrong, but it's working all right. My son comes and he sets up our three Best Buy TVs, uh, TV cameras off of a Black Friday sale. Teenagers in their bedrooms are making better videos with cameras that make mine look like a two-year-old's toy. We turn on our lights that were given to us for free, all 10 of them, put in a small microphone and record the, in the noisiest building that I've ever been in. We start a countdown clock that I have to look at because my show's We do them in one take with no editing for time. So I have to minister to you in 26 minutes and 26 seconds on the dot, doing them in one take. Then we send off four files to a friend in Florida who takes it on his laptop and adds scriptures and graphics and sends it to a company for closed captioning and then to the TV station, and it airs worldwide. Looks nothing like anybody else's, and that's okay. It's not easy. It's not normal. But people are calling here, and we are ministering to them from all over the, I've got to run, I've got to run some of these things through Google Translate because I can't even speak the language that they're watching us in. We literally air all over the world twice a week. I remember people being so mad at me because we were going to do TV. And I remember pastors that were friends of ours that bailed on this ministry because we were going to open up a church as part of our ministry. Let me tell you, we're not a church. We are two guys in a Bible ministry. Two guys in a Bible ministry has tent revivals, has a TV program, has Tuesday night healing schools, has revivals at churches. We travel. We have this podcast. We had a radio station for a long time. We do so much. And oh yeah, we also do church now on Sundays and people bailed. They ran from us. You have to hold fast to it, people. Do what you know to do while being tested. Stay faithful. I believe someday we will probably own a TV station. You can hear it right here. We will own a TV station of our own. They're really going to love that, aren't they? Staying faithful, doing the word of God right where you are until your word comes to pass. Be sure the word, God's word, is coming to pass in your life before you go chasing prophetic words. Come on, the word of God is testing you. Stay in God's word and be faithful to do what you know to do right now. And you got to judge that word that's coming to you. And if someone's getting upset that you're going to judge their word, red flag warning. Red flag warning. And if somebody is giving you a word that's so far out it's not backed by the Bible, warning. I'm in danger. Run. Test the word of God because it's testing you. But I'm telling you, it shall come to pass. That's all the time I have for today. Thank you for joining me on the New Old School Podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Until next time, I'll be attempting the ridiculous and achieving the miraculous.